Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac, and I have with me today none other than Morgan Jenkins. Yes, the co-host with the Mo host. That doesn't work, and I don't mm. even have a mustache. Nope, but you could. No, I could, well, I used to have a beard, and then some fool decided to shave it off my face, and that fool was me, oh. and I have not learnt my lesson. Nope, we all make mistakes. We do. My mistake was to look like a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, getting carded for R-rated movies again. <laughs> all right, with that out of the way, and we're all shedding a tear for the beard of Morgan, we're going to tie this one back to episode number 75, The Price of Magic. The guest from that episode was Rodrigo from the Critical Hit Podcast. So, of course, we decided to bring him back today. <gasps> Not this time. But if you are no? interested in listening to over 400 episodes of content and you haven't started Critical Hit, it's there waiting for you whenever you want to do it. It's right there. So I came up with Diamnastics number 62, Tensor's Taxation. Now that sounds familiar. Where on earth did you get that idea? Ah, well, you see, that floating disc costs money. There's no such thing as a free ride. So, ah, ha-ha. Uh, so for this one, the setup was kind of figuring out how technology and magic function with or against each other inside the world of Dayime Bay and putting it to the users on the forums as to how that would play out, as well as the price of magic based on the school that you're casting it, as well as some pictures of magic users to kind of give a story behind. For some reason, I pretty much threw everything in this one. So if you're interested in pretty much Every idea that I have or style of idea I have for Diamnastics, this one's got something for you. Well, it's like a good big soup or a gumbo of just magic to know how magic functions in the world. Exactly. So I think what we'll do is go ahead and kind of highlight the pieces and parts that stood out to each of us. So Morgan, I know you had a pick for this forum. Um, as interesting as it is to me, the way magic and technology work either in tandem or against each other, and there have been a number of role-playing games that have actually toyed with that, what I was drawn to most out of this forum was actually uh, the side effects and mostly negative side effects uh, that some of these magic users have. And I believe uh, you broke it down and then the forum users broke it down in terms of the different separate magic schools, mm -hmm. which I thought was a really nice way to just sort of break it down so you know kind of like if you're going for this magic school and, and you're hoping to specialize you kind of know what you're going to be getting yourself in for and the ones that I would were drawn to were actually uh, 3D which is enchantment because enchantment makes everything 3D and uh, sorry that was terrible and 3H which some people would call 3H, and they would be wrong, which is transmutation. I'll quickly read through what was brought in uh, for those. So the enchantment side effect that was settled upon was brought to us by Whipstash, and basically the idea was that those who make careers out of improving the works of others and the world around them can have a difficult time accepting mundane things as good enough. You know, why should I leave this scythe the way it is when I could make it never need sharpening again? And as they get stronger, this compulsion to improve goes stronger. And in extreme circumstances, enchanters then replace parts of their own body with various objects just so they could enchant their own arm, for instance. 
Because why have a normal arm when I could have a tree limb that regenerates and releases an acid cloud? Agreed. And I thought that was just a fascinating idea. I mean, that, that that idea of, you know, if the handle and then the head of the axe, you know, you replace and you replace and you replace, is it the same axe? And doing that to yourself physically, it got me thinking what kind of then mental effects that would have on you if you replace every part of you time and again. And even if you bring technology into it and start taking apart bits of your body and replacing them with steam-powered things, how is that going to interact with the magic that you're then wielding? And how are your mental faculties going to be able to basically wrap your brain around what you've done to yourself? How far from where you started can you mentally go? Uh, which was just a fascinating idea for me. I like it, especially because you're going to add so, so much more to your wizard or sorcerer character than would normally be there. Like you're, You might still be the glass cannon, but there's a lot of really nice etches on the side of it. Really intricate. Complex, if you will. And then you'll just have one wizard that uses it, but in a really weird way. Like, oh, I just made my ears slightly larger so my hat sits nice. And that's why you specialized? Yes. I like my that's hat. It. I like this hat. This one hat. And I have to have it. <laughs> and then what happens if the hat's stolen? <laughs> oh. So how did the world end? Well, uh, someone stole that guy's hat. And that was it. And that is how the end of Day I Am Bay happened. <laughs> That's now Kanan. That's all. That's all she wrote, folks. <laughs> so for me, I think one of my favorite pieces was from Galakan, And it was kind of the idea of how magic exists and what is the source of arcane power. And they used the GURPS system as kind of a basis and essentially magic is just an ambient energy that exists and someone's ability to manipulate it. But with that, because it is the concept of like ambient energy, there are places where it functions differently. So it could be more powerful, like everything is essentially a crit on all your spells or everything is the lowest possible. Then the other that was even more interesting was like going to a volcano and then having your fire power boosted and your water or ice reduced based on where you are. So just a really cool concept that you could definitely play with because then your players are always on their toes because like, I don't know how magic works. What am I going to do? Should I cast this spell? Should I cast that spell? But then also getting them used to that system and knowing like what different cool things they can do depending on where they are. And the other fun thing there is that it also ties into a few sort of paragraphs down a sequence where once you've sort of set up the idea that the ambient energy, which he then refers to as mana, further down you then get into the idea of twisted mana, where sort of the power of the world, the magic of the world in certain places is not quite the same as elsewhere, like you were getting at with the sort of volcano and, and certain spells. And so having potentially positive and then potentially negative effects within the ambient nature of the world tying back around. And then if you're able to influence that and you were then not just casting spells and having the ambient nature of, of the mana affect those spells, but if there were groups within Dayam I can't say words, within Dayambe that were altering the state of that mana, altering the state of that ambient energy to suit their own nefarious ends. So you're going out there not just to defeat someone, but say to save the nature of magic from being twisted. Oh. Yeah, and then you just think of like crazy like mana bombs, essentially. 
Like they just set it off in the world and like completely changes an area and how it works. And then like that whole group could just rush in because that's what they've been trained to do. Super cool. Well, I feel like we've already kind of started doing it, but we can make it official like a referee with a whistle and go ahead and start lifting the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. I almost feel like there should be an audio bumper right here, but I don't have one. So done. <laughs> we don't have one? I, I'm sure we do. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure we could make one and we could yes. do it with with our own voices. Yes, I'm fairly certain I remember it quite clearly just a few seconds ago when it played. It was just me saying over and over again, lifting weights is what I do. Look at me, lift these weights. And that was it. It's, I mean, honestly, quite, I, I don't know if I did it justice just then, uh, but it feels like, you know. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me, lift these weights. And so in order to lift these heavy weights, we figured what we'd try and do is combine section four of the forum which was the age-old thing that i love doing grabbing an image and then making stuff up about it and yeah. so that i'm not in trouble for making stuff up again i thought it would be good if we combined it with one of the earlier sections uh 1c an instance where magic and technology furiously compete against one another and so that way it totally sounds legitimate when i just make everything up and yes. so in this instance, this image, for those of you who don't have the internet and yet somehow have downloaded this podcast, What Strange World You Live In, perhaps we're, like, you're picking us up from your teeth that are secretly receiving these messages. Science! Sci <laughs> well, exactly. Technology versus magic. Who mm -hmm. knows? And so the image is basically of the love child of Aragorn and Doctor Strange standing in front of a castle using magical supernatural powers to draw artworks in front of his hand in blue while flames flicker at his purple coat. Which that a cloak, which is that's a very nice cloak, and then above him attacking the castle, and there's this big dome-like shield around the the castle, or possibly a church now that I think about it. Could be both, although there are crosses on the... Yeah, no, I think it is actually like a cathedral. My apologies. Mm -hmm. And the dome is being hit by these big bursts of fire, uh, almost like comets raining down. And so we thought this would be a good point to... Oh, and his eyes are glowing blue, because of course they are. Oh, like yeah. the Ice King fellow from WoW, whose name I've forgotten, and I therefore should be punished. Arthas. The, the, yes, the young fellow with blonde hair, and it was very sad what happened to him. Oh, such a good cutscene, though. But yeah, I don't think I could have described it any better as Aragorn and Doctor Strange having a love child. I mean, it is. It's perfect. It, it, <laughs> it, if you have seen those two and can put that together, you have it. That whatever image is in your head is exactly like the image we're looking at. <laughs> but the idea... <laughs> that might not be true. I'll take it back. It might not be true. I'm sorry. I'm making too many assumptions, but it is pretty much perfect because the idea that I see is that magic is trying to be defense and technology is trying to be offense. So you have like catapults, trebuchets, siege towers, everything you can think of in magic is trying to be the defense against that. I mean, it's almost like an arms race between the two. Like, can I figure out a better war machine to combat these magical defenses that surround so many places. And it almost feels like you have this broader dichotomy as well, because of course it's magic protecting this institution of religion. And so if he's, say, a cleric, there you have 
magic both coming through the the mana of the energy of the world but also coming from potentially your deity as well and then tying that in with this institution that he's protecting this symbol of everything that is magic being assaulted by this symbol of everything that is technology these balls of fire that I, I can't help but think they've sort of thrown these things at this barrier and then tested the barriers limits seen what works what doesn't they go back to their little scientific bunker and they start you know putting different chemicals together and okay well will this fire work well what elements function better and so it's this it's not just technology and magic but it's that age-old science and religion as well tying into this this broader scope which i mean even if you don't necessarily go down that path it, it allows you to to think when you're building your own world not just of of what are these two things fighting but what are the systems and the supports behind those two structures that are helping or hindering along the way and kind of broadening that scope of it's not just this little battle, it's all the ramifications bleeding out from it. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great way to get inspiration from a simple image that I posted on a forum is not just what's happening in the image, but everything that's happening behind it is absolutely amazing and makes me want to do more with the world of Dayambe now that we have the fact that these people that are so bent on technology and what perceived slight do they feel that the people in this cathedral are putting on them is there too much divination magic going on and they're looking into what the people from the technology are doing and going and trying to stop that so now those people feel that they have to stop this cathedral by any means necessary super super fun stuff yeah and then of course you've got dr isildur son of strange standing (laughs) in their path amazing (laughs) the fellowship of the eye of agamato He has the third eye that totally looks like the eye of Agamotto, too. Oh, my. He does, too. Yeah. On his forehead. I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah, no, that's that's definitely what's happening there, then. (laughs) If he is Doctor Strange slash Aragorn, I mean, which he is then you'd have this fantastic story because we haven't actually, I I realise we haven't spoken about him and of course part four is about their own personal stories. So I feel like here you'd have, like Doctor Strange, someone who started in the world of medicine and technology and has moved towards magic and spirituality, understanding whatever his tragic backstory may be. And of course, it must be tragic. He's wearing a purple cape. Obviously, his backstory is tragic. But the backstory, I mean, just jump in over the top of you real quick. Please. The backstory obviously would then harken back to the backstory of Aragorn himself, where this Doctor Strange character thinks that it's stupid. How could there be this destiny? How could taking more of that approach to it rather than like I don't want to become that? Rather, this simply couldn't happen. It's dumb that you would even think that that's a thing that could exist. This destiny, this story from so far ago that would have anything to do with me, only to find out that it is true and that it does. And ultimately then accepting that and and joining in the fight. Yes, no, I like that. And the whole time he's trying to rebuild the sword using technology, but figures out that the only way to rebuild it is with magic. Nice. High five through the internet. Through the internet, the power. It's going to take forever for that high five to happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, certainly, yes, with Australia's internet speed, it's going to take you a while. Well, I mean, especially since you're like 19 hours in the future, I can't figure, I can't that high five fast enough. Yeah. Cool. Dude, that was super fun. So, I don't know if we can top it, but I think we should try. What is a school of magic that we want to give our own twist on as to the consequences or price of using it? Ooh. 
because each of them have some information. Actually, the one that has the least amount of information would be necromancy. So do we want to try and tackle the price of using necromantic magic? Mm. So not in an attempt to top this, but in an attempt to just bring our own brand of something to the different schools of, of, uh, of magic. We've got necromancy, 3G, on the forum. The negative effects of practicing necromancy are entirely cultural. Smiley face from Whipstash. Which, I mean, I guess, yes, that does work, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think this idea of necromancy then being the only pure magic that has no downside, except that everyone feels like you're a bit weird. I, <laughs> I, I, I like it. I don't know which direction to then go with that, whether we give it more negative effects or whether you say, okay, no, so these people that do practice it, part of why they practice it is because it is so pure and it is the purest form of utilizing mana and that all the the twisting that happens in every other school of magic and in every other area of magic. So like, again, you go to that volcano and you practice a certain type of magic and it reacts in a certain way. Here, it does not matter where you go or what you do, necromancy is going to stay pure and it's always going to be the same. The results are always going to be the same. And so the negative effect of necromancy is that the way that it is practiced is almost so by rote and so logical and so clinical, it is associated with technology because technology is the same way. People who build things build them in a certain way and they use the bolts and that goes here and, you know, part A goes into part B and slot D and then you've always got 20 pieces missing somehow and, you know, thanks, Deimbe, Kia. And so this idea that perhaps necromancy is lumped in and again going on it being cultural it's not just oh you're raising dead people it's basically that to every other school of magic you are practicing technology i like it especially because if you think about the idea that you're almost dealing with something that already existed you're not necessarily manipulating quite as much as the other schools of magic you're just like almost repurposing more than you are like manipulating it into something else it's the same pieces and parts You're just putting back a little bit of what was already there. Well, that's it. If you take a John and you replace his soul, is he the same John? No, he's Steve. (laughs) Because you put Steve's soul inside John. Okay, yeah, no, that is, yep, that, that would make him Steve. And it could be as simple as that, as, you know, them being used as a connecting piece in certain scenarios, you know, like, speak with dead, or them being used on the battlefield of making sure that at least some of the army is still, air quote, there to combat (laughs) things. Yeah, that's very systematic of like, okay, this person died, these are the things I can do with that, or this happened, and this is what I can do. I like it. Mm. Creepy old necromancy. And I don't even know that it would have that connotation anymore. That it's like almost the idea of like, it's just a thing. And... The reason we don't like it is because it's the one that seems technological rather than creepy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think we've done it. Certainly I'm feeling the burn. Done. Morgan, where can people find you and hear the things that you're doing? <laughs> where can people find me? Well, these days, thankfully, you can actually find me. There was a period there where you couldn't. True. But if you want to find me, it's uh, going in blind DND on the tweeters or Facebook forward slash going in blind DND. And yes, we've got new episodes coming very soon, finally, after a frustratingly long hiatus. Yes. We're actually terrifyingly close 
to Yay. having these new episodes out. And I'm excited. Yes, and terrified. Because, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if, if, if it's a spoiler, but you may or may not be voicing a particular character. At least one. Yes, if not two. Yes, I think at least two. Mm. Cool. Well, if you want to get a hold of us with any of your questions, concerns, ideas, anything, you can email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Or if you want to follow us on Twitter and find out who's coming up next, what we're doing, and also check out our daily DMnastics, you can do so at DMnastics, all lowercase, all one word. And as always, you can check out the network at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But the number one thing I want to do is implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises as well as the other conversations being had. So to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs> <laughs>